Good morning, good afternoon, good grief. It is another Agile Coaching Mastery. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Agile Coaching Mastery podcast and YouTube channel, brought to you by the Agile Coaching Mastery crew. Our crew consists of Agile coaches from around the world who record the podcast for an international audience, free of time zones. You can listen when you want. We do this to help increase the skills, knowledge, and experience across the Agile coaching community, and it's for free. Every week, we explore another part of this wonderful Agile coaching landscape. Each episode is recorded live and unscripted on Friday. Let's join the crew and their friends for this week's episode. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome, Ricardo. Welcome, Raz. Welcome, audience. How are we this week? How's it going? Good. Everyone okay? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I am in the middle of the IC Agile expert coaching business agility training so i've had a week of training got some more today oh it's it's brilliant but it's very intense very intense are you learning some good stuff i think so it's difficult (laughs) to tell you know i think so i think so i think so we'll see we'll see anyway welcome along everyone welcome everyone on clubhouse as well it's another friday uh end of week friday and now in in the chats by the way as we were starting this ricardo you got like four projects 86 flights no time to do anything are you, are you okay, really? I need some coaching. Can someone <laughs> explain me the whip thing since yeah, I got caught oh, okay. up in this one? Yeah, yeah. 200 now, mate. Feel free. 200 now. Okay. F- I wish. I wish it was 200 Kwanzaa. beans. 200 beans an hour. 200 Swedish kroner an hour, right? Ah, is that good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> Just accept it. Yeah, okay. I see Raz is typing away 200 Swedish code in Australian dollars, finding out, I think. Anyway, this week we are doing another one on psychological safety. We've had two brilliant ones. Last week, four levels, which was really good. And we concluded the right way to go with this was to talk about psychological safety during remote or lockdown, if you want to call that. Um, is it different? Do we need to do things differently? All of that. That's our topic for the day. To the uh, Clubhouse audience, I'd say if you're interested in this or have anything to say, please feel free to put your hand up, which is next to the Leave Quietly button. We don't want you to do that. Don't leave quietly. Um, and if you want to come on stage, ask a question, uh, give you give us your views, that's also okay. That would be perfectly fine as well. Um, uh, oh, wow, that's interesting. So that's that's that picture you just put up, Raz. That's us, literally, right now. I see. I need to dial into Clubhouse. Well, that was so <laughs> look, look fantastic, mate. I'm very impressed with that. Raz is a genius. Anyway, if you're interested in talking about this, please uh, press the buttons. We'll come and talk. Meanwhile, we finished last week with the four levels. It was great. And my big question is: mm, Has lockdown increased or decreased psychological safety? And what habits do we need to think about when we're doing Zoom calls? Let's start with the assumption we're all doing Zoom calls all the time now. What do you think, Ricardo? We we sort of left this last week, and I suggested we could talk about it. And what's your thoughts? I have, a, as usual, my very own opinion about the relationship between remote and psychological safety. And <clears throat> I don't think it has a direct impact, but seeing how people behave remotely is a really good indicator of the level of psychological safety that was there in the first place. So it might be an amplifier. Okay, so, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. So, so if there was a lot of psychological safety, you might even get more by going from through some adversity. And if there was very little, it might just basically disappear. So 
it's not like it adds or it subtracts. I think it multiplies. Either way, either way. Okay. Yeah. I, multiplies or divides. Yeah. 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 I I see. Um, there's a couple of things I think I think on this, and if you're the kind of person who has to be on, let's call it Zoom for the purpose of just today. I mean, there are other, yeah. as a BBC person would say in England, other other uh, social ne- uh, re- remote working site software is available. But let's assume we're talking Zoom. Um, if you're on Zoom all day, I read a really interesting co- co- uh, quote in an article in the Times about this, where a psychologist psychologist was saying. Usually, the only time we have this amount of eye contact with someone that mm-hmm. we're having now, in this case, Ricardo and I, is when you're either going to punch someone or kiss them. That was That's how he put it. So, And he was saying that actually having all day with that sort of in-your-face mode in front of you can actually wear you out an awful lot. I'll switch my camera to the side so you don't have to. No, I didn't mind at all. But, but by the way, nice side camera, my friend. For those who are yeah. watching on Zoom or watching the live stream, it was very nice, very nice camera. Yeah. Uh, jealous, hashtag tech gel. Uh, yeah. the, the person I am most jealous in the world, technically, and if you know me, you know that's an unusual thing to feel because I've always got the tech, is my good friend Ricardo. It was always one. I'm jealous me. of all the good software that Rasul has. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, a circle of jealousy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going round. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, you got a remarkable in the end, didn't you? Because I, I said I got one, and now I've just got the Onks Air comparison oh. with the remarkable. So maybe we could, when you have a let's compare notes on that. When you have a moment, my friend. So, so this guy was saying in this article, you know, you're, you're literally your. I'd say your your safety, forget the team psychological safety, your own safety, you can get worn out. He talked about, um, so if people have like mental illnesses, they'll be aware of this sort of phenomenon where you can get through the day, but it costs you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think there's a, there's probably a bit of that. What do we think of that? Um, is that the case? Do you find it rather like that? Uh, Ricardo, do you find it like that? Actually, I get more fatigued because you never really look into someone's eyes when you're doing remote. It's really hard because normally people are not... If if you want to look in my eyes, I have to look at you like this, straight into the camera, and you have to look straight into the camera. And I always feel that that fake look in the eye that you get by someone looking at the screen and someone else looking at the screen, that's what annoys me. I like eye contact, but maybe, maybe I'm an alien. Okay, so you're seeing... It's not really eye contact because, actually, I'm not look. I'm not looking at. I'm not looking at my camera. I'm looking at the picture I have of Ricardo in front of me, which is means it's not actually direct eye contact. It's just approximate. Yeah, and uh, I, it could be that the fatigue comes from trying to make because you you need to make some eye contact to have a yeah. conversation. And if you are yeah. you are trying to make eye contact, but you never quite make it because to look at you, I have to look at the camera. I don't see you. So could it be that it's the other way around? Same effect, but the other way around. Yeah. So either way, it creates fatigue. Yes, fully agree. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know what Raz you think. Does fatigue does fatigue affect my ability to be safe in a in a team setting? Uh, definitely, to some extent, because. It comes back to the conversation we had previously in the session, the sense of belonging. Uh, do you feel you belong to a group or a conversation when we can't re- really have an eye contact or connect with the person that you're talking to? So this is the main question I think we need to figure out to, to answer this question. 
I think we point. should attack the problem at the root cause. Do we really need to be all day in meetings? Face-to-face. Uh, <laughs> that is cut, cut the evil by the root, right? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was yeah. just saying that yesterday to some people. Saying, look, they're going. We, we want to get this sorted. Let's, let's block our diaries next week, all day, every day. And I went, there's a good, there's a good idea there, but you'll need to take at least half of that time to go back to your desks and do the stuff you're doing. Yeah. Even the new stuff you're doing, we do need to walk together, but we don't need to walk together exclusively all day, every day. And as you've said, well, if I don't need to do that, if I don't want to do that when I'm in the office, what do I want to do when I'm sitting in my my logical office in front of Zoom? Yeah. We are Zoom rookies. This is a, this is a brand new thing, and you need to figure out the right rhythm. Uh, and if you look at meetings, we are doing such stupid things in our meetings, like collecting information by being looking at each other on a Zoom call. If you have a meeting where you are collecting information, just collect it asynchronously and meet to decide. And then you only need 15 minutes meeting instead of one hour. There are so many good things we could do. Let's replay I think it. Yeah. I'm taking us on a tangent, though. Yeah, yeah. Let's replay that back in. So one of the big things you can do with remote working is work asynchronously. What does that mean? That means I could put a board up and Ricardo's comments could go in at 8 a.m. because he's got a bit of a break. I could put yeah. mine in at 9 a.m. because that's when I wake up. Raz could do them at uh, 10 a.m. before he goes to bed in Australia. And then we could get together and look at what we've done uh, in a much smaller meeting at a different time. And that asynchronous working mode probably suits us. And a lot of Agile has believed, and I think this is probably incorrect, that the only way you can work is synchronous, which is to all be together in the room at the same time doing it. Yeah. Have I I got to the root of what you were talking about there, I think? Yes, you did. I think we are killing this. Go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, that that really works when you have a a very known piece of work, or maybe complicated. And what you know what really what works, Russ? Yeah. So, are you sorry? I mean forgive me, Russ. Are, are you saying async really works when you've got a known piece of work? Uh, or yes. sync? Oh, I'm a bit confused. Async. Async. Right. async. Because you have a piece of work, you communicate it, and people, in based on their time zone. Log in, understand it, and do the work, and come back and showcase. But when you need the people in, be in the room and do some creative work to understand, to probe, to to examine the work, to understand and learn something new, I think you need to be synchronously work together. Yeah, but I think we need to strike a balance, and I can say one thing for sure: it's not one hundred percent of the time in a Zoom meeting. Yeah. What is the right balance? Depends on the job, depends what you're trying to achieve. Even a retrospective, for example. I've tried running a few retrospectives asynchronously, and we cut down the time of the retrospective to around 15 minutes. We just did the part about review each other's actions and choose what to do next. Everything else was done asynchronously. Yeah. Mm. And, and there is no deeper meeting than a, than a retro. Of course, you probably should also do a face-to-face full-time retro once a month, but it's a question of changing. That's the other thing that I think we get bored very easily with doing the same thing over and over again. Could there also be fatigue in that, that we always run our meetings the same time when we're doing it remotely? Maybe adding an element of variety? Yeah, that's an interesting... I've never thought of doing like... The stand-up will be at either 9, 10 or 11. We'll let you know on the morning. You know, move around your diary. 
Uh, also, I agree on the retrospectives. I uh, experimented with uh, asynchronous retrospectives where I said to everyone, um, you know, put half hour in your diary now to think about what you want to put on the boards, please, and then we'll look at the boards together for the other half hour. Yeah. And yeah, it was with leaders who were time poor, so it didn't really get very far. Uh, they didn't really do a lot before the meeting. They said, oh, sorry, I haven't got t- hadn't had time. So that was a, a point of note. Uh, but when you do like a remote retrospective and you do like for the first 10 minutes let's all go silent and put our cards up on what went well what could have done better you know ideas and accolades and all that um that i've seen that work so i can see both but i think you're right it's both isn't it it's a bit it's a bit of one and a bit of the other sometimes yeah Mm -hmm. but i think you know Psychological safety are a lot of things. One of them is trusting that the other people will do what they promised they would do, etc. So I think it, it might not be the remote part that needs to be fixed in that one. Yeah. It could be the uh, people only giving their time if you hijack it, it with the meeting part that needs to, that needs to be fixed. So, I'm in a provocative mood today. Yeah, so no, it's can... okay. So are we saying actually remote doesn't matter for psychological safety? It, it might accelerate the position you're in, might expose it a bit more. Yeah. But it doesn't change it. I think it's a bit like Scrum. Whenever you start doing Scrum, you expose everything that is wrong. Remote does the same. Yeah. And if you have poor working agreements in the team, those agreements are going to be even poorer if you are working remotely. If you have lack of psychological safety, it's going to come down. So it comes back to the amplifiers. Yeah, good point. So I guess my question, I've got two questions left I want to think through. One of them is, uh, I'll get to near the end, which is about this policy that you have to have your camera on and all of that. And I have a story to tell on that, which is really interesting. I'll come to that near the end. My, My other question is, can you use the fact you're on Zoom to increase psychological safety in a team? Is it, is, is it a tool that, if used correctly, can increase psychological safety, do you think? I don't know the answer, by the way. I'm just asking. And I'd welcome anyone on the uh, Clubhouse call as well, which has now got, you know, uh, 20, 25 people in it. To, um, if you want to ask a question or answer a question on this subject, just hit the uh, button. And we have – actually, we do have someone who wants to come up on stage. So, uh, Jason, let me bring you up and uh, – if we could put a pin in that thought for a minute and uh, maybe return to it, and maybe Jason could um, could uh, come on stage and um, contribute. Are you there, Jason? Yeah, thanks, Ian. Thanks, all. Good to see you, mate. Far away. Yeah. So I think, you know, psychological safety is really around trust in the team, and it just takes a different style, different techniques or tools whether it's remote or whether it's face-to-face. And that's my experience. And I think the key is you have to put effort into it. It doesn't necessarily happen naturally. Um, If you look at it sort of from a philosophical Puritan viewpoint, that's, I suppose, how I view it, how I do it. No, you're spot on. I mean, number one rule of psychological safety is if you don't plan for it and work for it, you definitely haven't got it. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and then in a, in a remote world, I think it's 
in some ways it's easier um, because you all the voices are equal, particularly if you're using a lot of virtual spaces or silent work like electronic whiteboards, etc. I find that everybody's then got the same voice. It's not like, oh, who speaks the loudest in the room? Um, and I think we need, we need to sometimes get less hung up on, oh, are the cameras on or cameras off? But what is the engagement? Um, and sometimes it's also just calling out and saying, okay, today I don't feel like putting the camera on, I'm having a bad day. But feeling safe to say that or, yeah, and at other times it is to call out, hey, I'm the only one with the camera on, what's wrong? You know, and I think just that pulse check is more critical in a virtual environment. It's a great point, actually. I'd not thought about that. That's a great way of expressing whether we're safe or not, which is, you know, if you feel like you need a bit of time off the camera, feel free. That's not a problem either way, is it? That's a good sort of pulse check. And if people go, no, no, I need to see everyone, you know, need to check you're back to the sort of very sad uh phenomenon of managers deciding they wanted to put remote observation software um on laptops to find out if people were working you know how often did they click a button how often did they you know move their mouse about you know so um now i don't have my answer anymore to your question because jason already said it yeah is it the same answer that uh, jason it was yeah yeah Depends. Although I like the idea that that there is one there is one thing you can do with Zoom that you can't do with face to face, which is people can can choose to switch off a bit, put themselves yeah. on mute. There is, by the way, a very very um, funny video going round of someone who goes back to the office and still believes he's on mute or can put himself on mute. When people oh, come yeah. into his office, he literally sort of pretends to click a mute button and then starts talking to his wife while they're there. <laughs> Uh, or goes on mute and says something horrible about the person and then comes off mute in his head and then he's pleasant again and the person is sitting right next to him and going, I'm right next to you. You know, I'm right next to you. You can't go on mute. You know, that kind of thing. It's very funny. Uh, I've seen a few of those. Another one is a woman explaining to her alter ego that she has to start wearing a bra again, uh, which she just doesn't want to do. So, I would look at it from the point of view of the camera the usage of the camera is a signal that you can look at to see if the psychological safety is there, the acceptance of not using the camera, not a source directly of the psychological safety, but more something that you can take a look at and see if this team usually switches on the camera, that means they're comfortable. If they are talking frequently, if a guy says he doesn't switch on the camera and everyone says, cool, bad hair day again, yeah, and everyone laughs then you know there is psychological safety there. So I'd use it more as something that I look at to see if there is psychological safety as something as opposed to something that creates. So the correlation might be the other way around, the got causation. You. Yeah, got you, got you. So it doesn't change it, but it can signal it. I think actually Jason was going to say something as well. Jason, did Yeah, yeah. It was in the same line as Jason. I just restated what he said, basically. Sorry, I think it was me. Um, I was oh. just going to say that, do we feel like the camera is just perceived psychological safety? That's Nihil, by the way. Thank you. So you think it, yes. you, you think yeah, it yeah. helps you feel um, safe? Is that what you're saying? Yes, but you may not actually be safe. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, if there are systemic issues in an organization uh, around psychological safety, where lack of transparency, um, people don't feel comfortable speaking up if, if things are going awry, 
um, a camera is not going to fix that. You know, you can, you can have these conversations, like you said, Ian, with your wife when you go on mute, but you can't have these conversations with somebody in an organization still. So your point is that the cat, what your, I'm just trying to get my head around. Yeah, I can start. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think the, the camera is basically giving us some level of false sense of psychological safety. If there are underlying issues, ah, uh, yeah, okay, um, yeah. underlying issues of psychological safety in an organization, the camera just helps as a coping mechanism. It doesn't actually resolve any of that. Oh, lovely point. So, so far, I've written cameras are a signal, and cameras can be a coping mechanism. Yep. I, I guess I could see that. You know, if there's a room, if there was someone in a room that was maybe terrible, bo, doesn't shave, you know, horrible smell, all that sort of thing. And I, I thought to myself, I don't ever want to be in a room with them again. I probably wouldn't mind being on a Zoom because, you know, mm-hmm. they're not imposing on my personal space in that way. And that's a fair point, I think. Now, that has made Ricardo grin. Are you, are you thinking of someone you know there, Ricardo? <laughs> I won't say any further, but I'm remembering the situation. Okay. Yeah, I, my son this morning said, Dad, your breath's bad. And I went, oh, I hope he's not been like that all week when I've been in meetings. <laughs> Yeah, you do need someone to tell you you have spinach between your teeth, right? <laughs> okay, um, so I thought maybe I could t- tell this story. You know, you, you know there are teams that have got these policies or companies have got these policies, you know, you must have your camera on. What do we think of that? I, that is not a sign of pos- psychological safety. That is a sign that the company has policies. Yeah. Raz? Uh would you agree? I usually work with teams, how they define being together. If they want to see each other, it's okay. Right? But uh, if someone enforced them to turn on the camera, maybe I'm not okay that day. Maybe I have a big pimple on my nose or something like that. And I'm not feeling really good. Or maybe just woke up just 10 minutes ago. So that's not going to create safety or an environment for uh, being in a team or being a, being a part of a team. Yeah. So enforcing that is not going to solve any problem. Same thing. Just because people go together to a room doesn't mean that they enjoy being together yeah. in the room. And you as a coach should look at it and see, are these guys enjoying to be together in this room? If they are enjoying to be together in the room, probably they will want to switch on the camera to see each other. But it's the same thing if it's a physical room. I've been into so many rooms where teams are in and you could cut the atmosphere with a knife, right? Yeah. So it's the atmosphere that counts. Okay, camera. So it's a signal, it's a government emission, and it does not tell you atmosphere. That's another point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although it will be much harder to read the atmosphere if the cameras are on because then you cannot see all the signals. If the cameras are off, because then you cannot see all the visual signals. Yeah. You only get audio signals. Yeah, I was I was uh, advised last night to uh, buy a book called Read the Room, which was painfully yeah. expensive, but I did read it. And it's <laughs> full of this. And I'm very interested. I just started reading it. And I'm very interested in how the equivalent of Read the Room works when it's all Zoom. What, one thing you've got, and if, you, if you've got the right sort of visual clarity, is you, know, you can have 16 people in front of you 
without your neck moving and if something is happening in one of the cameras you can see it a little bit so that's um, something I've noticed already you can start to read the room there I think I mean I remember uh, you did actually say when you you came up on stage earlier that you know we were talking about tools and how we do it and how a zoom is a different tool from in room presence they're different mm-hmm. tools and you've got to be able to use them both correctly so um, and I've certainly spent a fair bit of this year learning to be um shall we say a zoom presence when i'm doing training you know being really strong on zoom and i've realized already that that if for one way of putting it my volume is a bit too high if i'm in a face-to-face room instead i've already worked that out that i i am i need to tone tone my volume down a bit you know ian no longer goes to 11 he goes to nine on the dial when he's in a face-to-face meeting so i've worked that out is, was it reading the room by? Go on. Uh, just for our audience, were you talking about reading the room by David Cantor? I was indeed talking about reading the room by David Cantor. Exactly. Yeah, that it is expensive. Yes, I know. is it worth the money? Um, so Peter Senge has put a, an article in the front of it, and he's very good. So I thought, oh, okay, that's good. And I asked the person I was doing the training with, who's training me for. I see Joel's coaching expertise in the business agility track. I, I literally said to her, because she named about 15 books, and I immediately went, well, read the rooms, £25 in English. Is it worth it? And she went, well, I think it's worth it, she said. But I thought, well, what would you say other than that if you were referencing the book? So, um, yeah. And I'm reading it. And I, I, I do have like 96 other books I have to read for my course, so maybe I won't actually get to the full side of it for another couple of weeks. But Ricardo, you could ask me again in a couple of weeks, is it worth it? It's the first time I find a book for the Kindle for $48.62. So I'm in shock. But it does have 562 pages on the Kindle edition, so it must be good value per page. Yes, that's another thing you do look at, isn't it? When when a when a book is nine quid and you go, oh, that's not too bad, and it's 106 pages, you go, yeah, there's not much in there. I agree with that. Okay, 26 weeks. Shall I finish with my story then? Here's my story. I yes, was, I was, can I admit it? having to do a speed awareness course for speeding a few weeks ago. Uh, I had done 36 miles an hour in a 35 zone. No, in a 30 zone. And so, you know, because I haven't got any points, I was asked if I wanted to speed awareness instead, so I did speed awareness. Okay, so I get on the speed awareness course. The guy says, just for identity purposes, we have to make sure you are who you say you are. So, yeah, you know, um, I'm going to put you into a breakout room, just you, and then you're going to show me some ID that's your face, you know, wallet, um, photo yeah. card. Well, it was fine. That was fine. So I did that. Uh, as you, for those who are on Zoom, you can see I have a virtual background. Yeah. Um, so we, we came off camera back into the main room and he said to me, uh, Ian, can you turn your virtual background off, please? And I went, no. And he messaged me privately saying it is a legal requirement that you show me your background so I can validate it's really you. And if you don't, I will take you off this course. So all I could do to do the course, and I wanted to do it, was you know take my background off. And what was behind me was an extremely sensitive board from a company that had should have had the right for me not to show it. So, and a very sensitive board, frankly. So, you know, I had to do it. In the end, I I, uh, I sort of messaged the company. They messaged the Department for Transport. Three weeks later, got an email back saying, our policy has changed. 
whilst we do visually need to see the person, because I assume there are problems with people taking this speed awareness course for other people, we no longer have to see the room you're in. And we've changed our software because the software was flagging that you had a virtual, it was a virtual, you know, and we couldn't tell the, we can't tell the difference between a virtual room and a false room where it's not really you, you know what I mean? So they changed the software. It's an interesting story. So there is some outsourcing of speed tickets. That must be a nice, good business. I cannot lose half an hour of my time to take a little course. It's three hours. Three, three hours. hours in okay. England, it's three hours of your time, and uh, I, I think there's some outsourcing of taking driving lessons as well. I think sometimes people take driving lessons for their brother or their cousin, and uh, you know, I once was I interviewed for a scrum master, and it was fine. It was a phone call, fine. I I'm convinced his brother turned up to do the job because his English was so bad, literally no one could understand a word that was said. And I thought I would have noticed this on the interview. I would have noticed it was this bad on the interview, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter what is the domain, people find a way to work around it. it uh, yeah. We've wandered a bit, forgive me. I just thought the story was interesting, that's all. We're nearly at it 30 is, minutes. So, uh, finishing on Zoom then, what's our main summaries? What have we noticed today? Maybe we could just go around our room. Raz, what have you thought of that's a key point? Oh, key points, many interesting one. Mainly for me was... Uh, there should be a balance between asynchronous and synchronous work. Mm. Maybe when you're doing remote. That's just the main highlight for me. Yeah, that's, uh, it's not really a sort of psychological safety tip, but it is a tip, isn't it? It's a good tip, I think. Uh, mine was definitely uh, cameras can be a signal. Yeah. Well, what about you, Ricardo? Mine was that reflection about... Uh, Zoom amplifying something that probably was already there. Yeah, as you say. I almost feel like to test teams to see if they have psychological safety. Okay, now you guys need to do a week on Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) So I can really see the level of psychological safety you have. Then you can go back to the office. (laughs) Uh, If I could misquote Ken Schwaber on the subject, Zoom is like your mother-in-law. It points out all your faults. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Um, in that case, the teams. Yeah. Yeah, and the teams fault in this case. Yeah. Okay. To the, uh, the I think we're done. Unless there's any final thoughts. Good. I, I can I just say thank you. I know how we are all actually now very busy people. All the main crew. So I just want to thank uh, Raz and Ricardo especially for keeping with our story and journey, because uh, you know I know it's tough with that the amount of work we've got on. I want to appreciate, it. and I want to thank you, the clubhouse audience. Uh, thank you very much for joining us again and listening in. I, th- I think that's about it, unless Raz or Ricardo, you've got anything final to say. We should say, of course, um, we have a we have a Telegram channel now. Is that right, Raz? Is it Telegram? Or Telegram? You're, you're on mute or something, Raz. Your uh, sound is yeah, gone. I created that group. And I, all I need to do is just make you admins, and then we can start inviting people. On, oh, cool. on Telegram as well. So we're on multi-platforms. Yes. We're, we're nearly becoming an omni-channel thing. We're on Clubhouse, <laughs> Zoom, Livestream, YouTube, and Telegram. And uh, yes. we're back next week. Uh, can't wait to get here again. Fantastic. And actually doing the Zoom thing means we get to see faces, which is quite nice. It's quite nice to see smiling, tanned faces and uh, healthy, relaxed faces and then my baldness. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Ricardo looking at his watch not to miss his meeting in one minute in 52 seconds. One minute 52. Let's play the man and the music. Thank you. Great to see you guys again. That's it for this week. You've been listening to Agile Coaching Mastery brought to you by the Agile Coaching Mastery crew. If you want to join the live recording or give us feedback, reach out to us on agileclub.club and look for the Agile Coaching Mastery conversation or find us on Clubhouse, look for Agile Club or subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's called Agile Coaching Mastery or you can always find us on LinkedIn. Join us next week for more fun and agile thinking. 